You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and we begin a week anew on Locked On Browns. Uh, as we just continue to get further and further here, uh, obviously into the offseason, uh, you know, start rookie mini camps, uh, things of that nature, you know, what the Players Association is going to do as far as, you know, how players are training this offseason, all topics that we'll be getting to here during the week um, and the weeks to come here as, you know, we the NFL tries to evolve and morph back into its former self, your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show itself at Lockdown Browns. Uh, make sure you're following. DMs are open. Obviously, on both those accounts, the iTunes issue is not resolved as of yet, and I greatly apologize. But it is certainly nothing that uh, myself or any, anybody here at Lockdown can do. So, for the meantime, please Spotify, Odyssey. Uh, I'll put up a link tree today for anybody uh, looking for another avenue to go ahead and get the shows. Uh, greatly appreciate you guys. And again, you know, I, I hate it, but if it was something we could rectify, we certainly. Wood, today's episode of Lockdown Browns is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your next purchase. Joining me today, uh, Mr. Jeff Risden, uh, Editor-in-Chief over at Browns Wire. Jeff, we're going to get into some things, and we actually had you on a week uh, before the draft and then, of course, the week of the draft and subsequently a little bit time after uh, the craziest time uh, for anybody in the content community. Uh, some things I did want to hit on here today, though, um, we spent a lot of time um, you know, during the 2020 regular season, uh, during to the lead up to free agency, during the lead up to the NFL draft about adding some, you want to use the term juice, nitro, gas, whatever you wanted to use to help Baker Mayfield and to help this offense essentially get out of playing within a box. And although it was a small amount that was added, I think it's something that can certainly, you know, pay off great dividends to Baker and to this offense for coach Kevin Stefanski. Yeah. And, and getting, getting a guy like Anthony Schwartz on, on the outside, my goodness, um, you're getting the, the pure speed. And that's an element that, you know, as, as much as we, we like Odell Beckham, and respect what he does. He's not that guy, you know. Donovan Peoples-Jones, really fast guy. He's not that guy, um, or at least hasn't been yet. Anthony Schwartz. This is a guy who set the world record in the 100 meters in his in his age group uh, when he was I believe he was 15. Um, was a a massive track star, and and the fact that he can run a a legitimate sub four three 40 yard dash uh, that that's something that opens things up. Uh, Aside from his ability to, to catch the ball, which is, is decent, uh, he needs work, obviously. But the, he alters the way that you have to play defense against Baker Mayfield in the offense. You can't keep a single high safety with Anthony Schwartz on the field because he's going to run past you. you. You just don't have that kind of range. Nobody has that kind of range. So when he's out there, you're going to have to split your safeties or you're going to have to do something different uh, rather than sitting that single high and drop that other safety into the box and maybe defend against Chubb or Hunt or, or you know, carry him with a tight end or, or something like that. It's a game-changing piece. Now, how much are they going to use him? We don't know that yet. But it, it's a great dimension to have to add in, uh, especially with Odell coming back uh, healthy. And, and he looks good so far. We've seen him run mm-hmm. run very fast in a straight line. That's great. 
you know, this, 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 this is a, uh, this is a real, it's a savvy addition by Andrew Barry. It really is because it, it, it is something that, that makes defenses change the way that they play the Browns offense. And it's already pretty good in Cleveland with, with the offense, you know, and with Baker at the controls with all the weapons around, but, a guy like Schwartz, when he's on the field, he makes Jarvis Landry more dangerous. He makes David Njoku and Austin Hooper and Harrison Bryant more dangerous. He absolutely makes Kareem Hunt out of the backfield more dangerous. So it's just another way for the offense to attack the defense and to stay aggressive and, and dictate to the defense what they're going to do instead of the defense dictating to the offense what they're going to do. The thing for me that, that you know, is almost kind of mind-blowing is, is that, you know, anytime Schwartz may be on the field, most – realistically he's going to be the fifth option there's no way around that but he's also going to be the fifth option but he's also going to be the one that's going to cause the most communication between the secondary between the safeties because you are of the understanding of you know we can maybe still do things absolutely right and we don't have any answer for the fact that this guy very legitimately could have been an olympian yeah and and keep in mind this is where Baker and his arm strength that, that gets weirdly dogged by people, even in the face of evidence otherwise, yep. he's got a very strong arm. He can uncork the deep ball. He's got the, he has great velocity on the deep ball. He can get it there. This, this, isn't, this isn't Cody Kessler underthrowing a 20-yard pass because he doesn't have any arm strength. This, this, <laughs> this is Baker Mayfield throwing the ball deep and, and legitimately attacking over the top. And, uh, you know, we, we saw glimpses of it w- with Odell and, and DPJ last year. But, my goodness, this, this, is, this is something different entirely. Uh, there, there's just no way around it. And, you know, and it's, it's a great, you know, obviously, look, it was obvious to most of us. But it's great to understand that you look around that wide receiver room and say, yeah, this is pretty good. But you want to know what? There's one thing we don't have here. And let's go see if we can address that. Uh, Demetric Felton, I go back. I, this is one of those ones, Jeff, where you, it, it, for me, it's like almost a mood. You could catch me at noon and I'm not sure about it. You could catch me at 1230 and I'm, and I'm good with, uh, you know, I, the pro day, I guess, look at this point, just take the pro day and just, you know, punt it, it punt it in a Lake Erie at this point. Um, you, you watch the tape and you go by the senior bowl that he, well, he was one of the fastest timed guys there. I, I, he's going, I think athletically, as far as running routes, he comes in as maybe the most athletic route runner into that running back room. Um, you know, they talk about maybe you could use him on a kick return, and you know, we'll see how that works. Obviously, there's going to be certain guys vying for it, and cer- certainly, you know, who is actually going to get the call to be, you know, dressing on game day. Um, but brings a little James White to him if he wanted to use it in that aspect. And the theory is, is if maybe if you can get more vertical and stretch the defense that way, there's nothing wrong with being able to add a little bit more as far as saying, well, if I can get a running back in the flat and there's nobody within four yards of them, these are just gimme layups. Yeah, and, and he's in, you know, he, he's going to be battling with the Ernest Johnson for that number three running back role, which realistically doesn't get much action in a game. Uh, that's that's why I think his primary role, at least as a rookie, he he will be the kick returner. Um, and I, I, quite honestly, I'll be surprised if he doesn't win that job. Uh, and if he doesn't win that job, I don't think he makes the team. Uh, that, that's 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 where the Browns are at with their depth chart right now. I'm actually doing a piece for Browns where I'm going through it and, and, and trying to come up with an, uh, a depth chart entering the rookie minicamp. I'm like, wow, there's this team's loaded, man. <laughs> Especially on offense, my goodness, uh, there's just not a lot of not a lot of reps there. 
Yeah, he can receive the ball out of the backfield. He he played wide receiver. He played running back. Uh, he he has the, those hybrid skills. But I really think where where he will stand out is as a kick returner. And he's going to go up against Johnson there, um, and also DPJ, who. My, you know my thoughts on this, Jeff. I think that if they want Donovan Peoples-Jones to be the return man, he only needs to be the return man. He can't play wide receiver at the same time. It just seemed like something that he couldn't handle for whatever reason. Uh, so, so that, that, yeah, that, 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 that's Felton's role as a rookie. And if, if we, you know, he gets in, you know, we, we did see Dearness Johnson, you know, do very well against Dallas last year. Um, he's a guy who can exploit some holes. I think he's probably a little bit more of a natural runner uh, out of the backfield, you know, getting the ball in his hands on a handoff than, than what Felton is. But you know, that, 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 that's certainly one of the, the competitions that we're going to have to watch this offseason. Uh, it, it's going to be fun. And, and, look, we're talking about, you know, how in the world are we going to squeeze this guy in as opposed to where in the world are we going to find five more ball players in May, <clears throat> which is – just amazing. It's nice, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've heard other teams. This is how they do it, and this is how it goes. Um, but to actually, you know, experience it, so to speak, uh, yeah, certainly a nice position to be in. We're going to flip it up here in a sec. We're going to go to the defensive side of the ball here, talk about some new toys um, and what the goal for Joe Woods should be with the new toys brought in more with Jeff Risden from Browns Wire coming up in just one second. Nugenics. Hey, Cleveland Browns fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now, and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermal, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Again, text DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. Nugenics Total T is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. And like the TV ad says, She'll like it too. If you're over 40, don't let age get in the way. Get your edge back with Nugenics. There's a reason Nugenics has been the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC for years. It works. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on and the Kentucky Derby is back at the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the greatest sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in to the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Now, Jeff, with the what was done through free agency, what was done you know during the draft process, obviously there was a lot of work and consistency on improving coverage and improving pass rush. This is a lockstep type of thing. Joe Woods first off is going to have to go into these zoom meetings and I'm assuming there's going to be a hello. My name is on these. I mean, there's going to, the turnover is going to be so great as opposed to what was here last year, as opposed to what is coming 
you know, for the 2021 season, whether it is at the pass rusher position and, of course, in the secondary and however you want to label uh, JOK and Tony Fields. We're not ready for that, folks. We're not ready for that. They are hybrid players. That is how they are going to be used. If you want to just say hybrid, it's easy enough. I'm not arguing linebacker or safety anymore. But, Jeff, such an emphasis made. And this is one thing they were able to learn last year. Granted, playing players they didn't want to play. But if you're in a position where you're up, whether it's early, where it's late, understanding that the other team is going to throw the living daylights out of the ball, you want to be able to cover. But in the same respect, your coverage and your pass rush, it's got to be lockstep. You can't just lay off 12 yards, give up all these easy completions, and then say, oh, well, where's the pass rush? Yeah, and and we saw a lot of that last year. You know, there's the old football axiom of um, pressure – or, or pressure with coverage, um, good coverage creates a, a sack, uh, but but also the, the good pressure will help the coverage. Uh, most teams lean one way or the other, uh, and I this team, if everybody plays optimally and, and things go as designed, they can do either one, and I think they can do either one capably, and that's, that's something that Joe Woods is going to have to figure out what dynamic he wants with the team, um, and, and or he could change it up from week to week, and that's you know, again, we're talking best case scenario here. And like you said, you know, this is a team that figures to be up, you know, 10-0, 17-9, things like that early in games and unleash that pass rush. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch how they, how that dynamic works. You know, like you said, they do not have to, to play that, that soft shell where, you know, you're, you're trying to get your, because, you know, you don't have a lot of depth at your defensive end spot. You certainly don't have it at cornerback last year. Um, with guys in and out of the lineup all the time, your safety room is not real strong. Um, they, they they tried. Uh, they, they give give them the give them the participation medal. You tried, uh, but it wasn't good enough. You know, now that now there, there's guys back there that can cover um, and can run and and have some range. And there, there's guys on the outside when you add Newsom into this mix um, who who can turn and run with guys. Anybody on the field, you know, you don't have to. You don't have to be afraid of those the speed on the outside. You know they have the ability to match up um, with with the Chase Claypools, with the the T Higgins of the world, with the Tyler Boyds, you know, with with the Marquise Browns of the world and of the AFC North. You know that that's 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 something that they haven't had yet. So I, I like the idea that the coverage is going to help the pass rush uh, and and to to put it into that, I do think that the the coverage will help the pass rush more than the pass rush will help the coverage. Um, and I say that knowing that Miles Garrett is the best pass rusher in the NFL, and they added a couple of guys on the other side, uh, in, in Clowney and 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 McKinley, um, who can who can get after the passer pretty darn well. So it's it's going to look a lot different, Jeff. And I think it's going to be a lot more fun to watch the defense play. They can be more aggressive even when they have the lead or when they're in you know sort of grip mode. You know when when they're up by six with you know two minutes to go. They're going to be able to attack. They're not going to have to sit back there and, and let the offense do to them what they did last year. That that, that those days are gone. Thank God. Yeah, uh, I mean the uh, the term you know Ben don't break. Oh God, I, I just pray to God we'll never have to hear it again. And I think they've done a pretty good job of putting themselves into that position um, with the uh, draft selection of Jeremiah Owusu Karamoa. And if anybody has not seen the latest building the Browns yet, um, I highly suggest because I, I don't. I mean, this looked like. I mean, that room kind of looked like a whole bunch of like, you know, high school guys celebrating the fact that, you know, one of their buddies got a date with a girl they felt was unattainable. 
I mean, was just the reaction from everybody in the room. Like, did this really just happen? She, like she said, yes. Like that was their reaction to be able to get uh, JOK at pick 52. And it's interesting, Jeff, because obviously as much as they liked the selection, I think they felt it was something that truly is can make a difference with this defense because now here was round five, similar type of player. Uh, in Tony Fields. And it's interesting because uh, several people now, and myself included, have gone back and actually watched Tony Fields at Arizona prior to his time at West Virginia. Um, may have been you know, even more impressive uh, his final year at Arizona than he was in his one year with West Virginia. But understanding that this is something you want, you're not sure exactly how you're going to use it. You understand it could be integral though. And they kind of almost double dip there. Yeah, they did. And, and you know, Fields, I'm with you on that. I thought his last year at Arizona was his best year. And and that's that's where you harken back to find where his role will be in Cleveland. You know they played that they have that unusual defense in in West Virginia. It's it's very read react oriented, and I think he's a guy that that you just you know you point him and you shoot him and and, and you know, <laughs> let him go get people. And that's what Arizona did. He was much better in that capacity. Um, even it, it's sort of a similar defensive structure, but it's a different defensive philosophy. So I, I like that. Um, I see JOK. Um, I'll, I'll weigh in on that here. He, to me, he is the same guy coming out that Jabril Peppers was. Uh, he's sort of that that box safety, you know, undersized linebacker. You know, hang, plays that overhang role, can play the slot role, uh, especially against your your tight ends. And if they, you know, they flex a running back or a fullback out, that that's where he's at his best. Now, you know, Peppers got wasted because Greg Williams played him in Ashtabula instead of playing him, you know, in the box. <laughs> So, so hopefully, hopefully there's some, some learning going on in the organization from that. Yeah, I, I like the idea of, of him being that guy. And I think he can be very good at that, at that role. Uh, and he is, he's, he's not a guy that you want, you know, consistently attacking the run between the tackles. That, that's not why they drafted him. Uh, if, you, if you want that guy, you got that guy in Taki Taki. You got that guy maybe in, in Malcolm Smith, probably not, but you, know, you don't know. But, you know, with the way that Joe Woods wants to run this defense, that rule is there. You know, in, in, in the 4-1-6, he's the one. You know, in a 4-2-5, he's, he's the two that, that's, that's primarily playing outside. You know, uh, he'll play where, on the tight end side, the strong side, mm-hmm. um, moving around with wherever the ball goes, and, and somebody else is in that middle. And I think that's the smart way to use him. So I, I like it a lot. Um, Fields, I, I think Fields, honestly, is going to have to make this team on special teams, much like Felton there's just a stack depth chart in front of the guy, you know, and, and, and the special teams is important. Remember this team lost Tay Davis. They lost Javier Thomas. Those are the two best special team players on the team Two of the better special teams players in the league. They need that, uh, especially as much as they're going to be kicking off. So, yeah, I, I think Tony Fields is going to see a lot of action on special teams. I think he's going to be very good at it. Um, this is a guy who can block punts. He has blocked a field goal attempt before, you know, I think that's where he fits in, and you know, it's it's weird that you're using a fifth round pick on a guy that's only going to play on special teams if if everything goes well. But that's what this Browns roster is, man. That's that's a fun place to be. Okay, now just one more quick one here on the defensive side of the ball. You know, the last time we had spoken, we had mentioned that you know, uh, the move of Sheldon Richardson. Uh, everybody understood it maybe from a salary purpose. Um, thought thoughts on maybe you know bringing him back at a lower number. Uh, which certainly seems defunct now and probably something that's not going to happen. But you go out and you draft a Togi Eye. Um, you get Marvin. Marvin Wilson is a hell of an appealing prospect to get as an undrafted free agent. And then you just throw an absolute scratch off, you know, two bucks on it. 
in Malik McDowell. And Jeff, I'll let you mention that story because um, I know for you at the time, it was kind of, what did he just say? Did he really just say that? Yeah. But some thoughts here on some new additions to the interior defensive line. Yeah, so we'll start with the McDowell. And I'll go back, um, as you know, and, and some listeners know, I live in Michigan. I, I'm very close to the Michigan State football program. That's where Malik McDowell went. Uh, so I w- took great interest when uh, John Leonard fr- from uh, at any number of places, primarily the Draft Network, and I were, were the only people at his interview booth at the Combine. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we asked him, um, so what did you think about your coaching with, with Coach D'Antonio? You know, it, it didn't seem like you guys always meshed. And I will paraphrase his answer, but this is very, very close to what he actually said. Um, I didn't really listen to Coach. I didn't like what he was telling me, so I kind of did my own thing. Uh, and that worked <laughs> out better for me. Uh, and John and I looked at each other and we're like, Oh, did he really say that? And, and, you know, he was proud of it. Like, yeah, I, I, you know, at that time, Michigan state was still a, a very respectable football program. It's obviously gone South since then, but th- this is a guy, he was trouble. Uh, not, not in a like malicious way, but, um, the recruiting for him between Michigan and Michigan state ruffled a lot of feathers on both sides of that rivalry. Uh, this has not been an easy guy to, uh, to, to, to maintain. So I, I don't expect him to make the team. Quite frankly, I don't expect him to make it through training camp. But uh, maybe he can pleasantly surprise me. He, he certainly has football talent if he can ever get around to doing it. And who knows what's going on, you know, after the ATV accident where he broke. Um, let me, I'm doing this off memory. I know he broke at least one. He broke yeah. his collarbone. He broke oh, right. part of his face. Um, and also had to have surgery on the scapula in his once on the other side of the one that he didn't break the collarbone is, is what I remember of that. So that. That's fairly significant injuries, and he has not played football since 2017. So you're you're looking real deep if, you're, if you think this guy's going to make a contribution. Maybe he can, um, and, and I'm, I'm certainly not going to root against him. But uh, I would I would just caution people to get use use extreme caution in projecting him to make this football team because I don't think it's going to happen, uh, especially with some of the other guys that they got. You know, they drafted Togi. He plays the same position. Malik Jackson is there. He plays the exact same position. You know, mm-hmm. they have guys that are there that, that can do those things. So I'm, I'm, I'm not real in on that. You know, I'm, I'm curious about what Togi offers. Uh, I'm not – I'll be honest. I'm not sold where he fits. Um, I know that he does – he can fit. I'm just not sure, you know, where does, where does he play on the line? You know, how does he fit in with Billings and Jackson and Jordan Elliott from last year, who's a very similar type of redundancy player? You know, I, I'm, you know they, have, they have eight guys at defensive tackle on the roster right now, and Elliott's the only dude on the team who played last year in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So it, mixing and matching with all that, yeah, there's an opportunity there for, for McDowell. There's an opportunity there for Sheldon Day. Another guy who's you know not exactly lived up to the the, the hype coming out of college, but but has some ability. They just signed Damian Square. That that's a veteran nose tackle who can play. You know, is he going to make the team? Who knows? You know, that's that's that that to me is is when 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 we're we are watching this team in in July and August um, when we're up in, in Berea uh, and watching the preseason. Hopefully, the preseason happens. Defensive tackle is a massive brouhaha battle royale because there are four spots there. And there are legitimately eight guys competing for those spots. So I, that, that, that's one that's uh, uh, TBD, Jeff. <laughs> there's no, there's literally no way around it. And we talked about this with a couple of people, folks last week. It's like, 
you have no idea. You could put eight names in a hat, pull one, and I think everybody would have the same odds to say what defensive tackle had the biggest impact for the Cleveland Browns in 2021. I don't think anybody's got an answer for it yet. But look, if you're not sure, what do you do? Strength in numbers. So the Browns threw as many, uh, obviously, as they could to that. We're going to get to a couple questions here with Jeff as Mr. Risen of Browns Wire is on your latest Locked on Browns. What is your favorite Built Bar flavor? Do you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're certainly missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. As everybody knows, my favorite is the mint brownie. It gives a little bit of hint of the Girl Scout cookie. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors, 18 in total. Not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams net carbs order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order again the promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com jeff i gotta ask would anything other then competing in the AFC championship this year, injuries notwithstanding, potholes notwithstanding, would anything other than competing for the AFC, competing in the AFC championship game this year be a disappointment? Uh, probably, yeah. Uh, the, 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 the bar should be that high. That's, that's where this team should expect to go. They should expect to take the next step. They were right there with Kansas City. Now, now granted, the Chiefs had some asterisks in that game, but, but you know, they're valid. But uh, the Browns were right there. They're 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 they are a fumble away, a goal line fumble away from being, you know, playing in that game. So yeah, the the, the, the opportunity is there for this team. They're, on paper, they can absolutely compete with any team in the AFC, including the Chiefs, including the Bills, including the Ravens. You know, that 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 to me seems like the top four, and it's a fairly stratified top four. I don't think anybody else is really coming up into that. You know, maybe Miami if if Tua can can actually play, which we don't know yet. But yeah, that's they're right there, man. There's no reason why they can't be. They they should certainly be in the final four of the AFC, and you know, hopefully things break right, and you know, they could be hosting at least one playoff game this year. I think. I honestly, I think the goal should be to win the division and host at least one playoff game, and possibly get home field. Um, God forbid, get a bye would be even better. You know, in the <laughs> we have a 17 game schedule now, uh, so it's it's tougher to predict the the, the outcome. We get we do get the schedule this week. You know, I, yeah, why not, man? Why they, they absolutely should should consider themselves to be no worse than a co favorite in the AFC with everything that they've done and all the talent they've got on the roster. It's amazing to say these words, and it's another thing to say, all right, you know, you know, am I, you know, am I drinking the Kool-Aid too much? Then you step yourself away from it a little bit, and you're like, yeah, well, let's see. All right, offensive line was rated best pass rock, pass blocking, They're run great. blocking last year. Okay, quarterback took major strides in an offense more suited to his talents. You gave him some things he needs to help take that offense to the next level. Oh, well, the defense, they had a hard time covering. They had a hard time getting pass rush. Check. 
check. Uh, yeah, folks, this is really kind of where we are at now. Jeff, this is going to go on all the way until next March. We saw over the past couple of weeks, and this is one thing I think where, you know, some people outside, oh, well, it's analytics. They're going to do everything by the book. Well, look, some of the things the Browns did over the last couple of weeks certainly aren't analytic. Demetric Felton, his pro day certainly would have been an analytic red flag. Um, taking a flyer on a Malik McDowell, that is like 110% non-analytic. Nick Chubb, this is a player here, and because Nick is not vocal, because Nick is not, you know, a huge social media person, I think it kind of gets misconstrued about just how important he is to the success of this team. And even in 2020, when the times when the Browns were in a hole, all right, well, what do we know is the easiest thing? What do we know we can get going real quick to get ourselves a solid drive here, get some points on the board? All right, get the ball to 24. Nick Chubb is... Everything that goes with analytics says you don't pay running backs, but everything as far as I'm not saying everything, but a lot of the success that came in 2020 is because of Nick Chubb. And we saw without Nick Chubb, what the running game was able to not do. It's a head scratcher, Jeff. And it's really, really tough because not only is he one of your best players, he is within that locker room, a team leader. And if you ask players, they will tell you this, even though we don't hear a lot from Nick Chubb, this is one that's totally going to put the analytic, non-analytic uh, decision, <laughs> you know, on the table here. Because Nick Chubb is a truly, truly special talent in every single way. He is. And uh, quite honestly, I think their solution is the, is the one that I have in my head, which is I think they're going to punt on it. I think they're going to franchise tag him. Yep. I, I don't think they're going to extend him this year. I think they, they will use that franchise tag. They have the ability to afford it. For running backs, that that figure is actually going down. So you know, it, it's affordable and it, it, it buys them one more year. Uh, you'll see, you know, can he stay healthy again? You know, it, is 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 there any sign of decline? Not not that we expect that because um, I, I said this actually on a Lions podcast the other day. For me, Nick Chubb is the best runner of taking a handoff in the league. Um, he's mm-hmm. a big big play threat every single time he gets that ball. You know, the ability to pop a 22-yard run on second and six. Not many dudes can do that. Nick Chubb does that better than anyone. And that's that's something that is unique to him, and it, it does give him value. It wouldn't shock me if, if they do do an extension that it's like two years, you know, and, and fairly, you know, front-loaded money where they can get out of it if they need to, maybe three years, or maybe, maybe the two years with the two void years, something like that. I don't think it's something where they're going to sign him the way Dallas did, you know, t- with Zeke, you know, they're not, they're not signing him for six years and $75 million. That's just not, you, you don't do that, but two years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I really, I don't <laughs> expect them to extend him. I, I do expect the, uh, the franchise tag uh, if it comes to that or, um, or, you know, the, a, a short extension, um, where the money is is all up front, and there's not a lot of long term risk on it because you never know what the running backs look at. Look at what the Rams did with Todd Gurley. You know they made a great decision. He was he was he was where Chubb was. You know what was that three years ago, and, and the knees just went. Um, and and then, then he was an albatross on their on their their roster and their contract, and they had to get rid of him. Uh, not not that anybody would expect that out of Nick Chubb, but you never know. And uh, running back is such a fickle position like that. You can't overcommit to it. 
even with Chubb, and he, he is a special talent. He's a different breed that, than your standard running back. But, you know, you, yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out because uh, they do have options with it. You know, they, they can punt for a year and franchise tag. They can do the, the short-term extension. I, I really don't see them doing anything other than, than one of those two options, though, Jeff. I, I, I'm more inclined to go franchise tag, and this may be something that probably wouldn't even you know uh, upset Nick in his camp so much because in that one year, which would be 2022, he's going to make three times more than he's made to this point in his NFL career. So now you're talking in a position of being, if you're doing it wisely, set for life. You know, twelve million dollars, eleven and chain, eleven million and chain, whatever it is. Now you're talking in the position of you know solid money that most likely you are probably, you know, set, you know, your future should be pretty good. And Nick loves it here. And I don't think Nick doesn't strike me as the one that wants to go sit down with all these front offices and hear the, you know, hear the, the speeches yeah. and this, that, and the Nick is the guy. All right. When's practice. All right. I'll be there an hour before it starts. <laughs> He's just that type of kid. You know, I'll, I'll be, my equipment will be ready to go. Let's do this. This is what I am here for. So interesting things, obviously, to monitor. Obviously, maybe over the summer, which I do not think is going to happen. That obviously, folks, would be, you know, in terms of maybe, as Jeff was mentioning, the short extension with a lot of money up front. He is Jeff Risden of Browns Wire, Lions Wire, Real GM Football, uh, one of the hardest working guys in the content industry. Check Jeff out. Obviously, all the work done over at Browns Wire. Great team of guys over there. They bust their butts day in, day out. At Jeff Risden, make sure you're following on Twitter. Uh, myself, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show, like I said, at Locked On Browns. Uh, follow back account, DMs open, all that good stuff. Again, folks, we're still having our iTunes issue. Spotify, all the brand new Odyssey app is fantastic. I highly recommend you make the switch for now. Look, it's been actually the last episode on iTunes was when Jeff was with us on April 22nd. So I don't see a resolution anytime soon. So for now, please look to other avenues. Like I said, I'll, tr- I'll throw up a link tree today with every possible avenue to find Locked On Browns. I appreciate you guys for everything. And it's it's it's, it's a pain. It's a struggle. I get it. But I don't want you guys to miss all this fantastic content we've continued to put out. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.